0: Yes, This is John Morris. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host for In The Club, powered by Club Colors. Before we get started, I am so excited to introduce you to our sponsor for this episode today. When it comes to headwear, Cap America's got you covered. They've got trucker hats. They've got sustainable headwear. They've got high-end corporate styles. They've got it all. Plus, they have decoration options to make your logo look amazing. They're the best at embroidery, and they've got the coolest patterns. If you want something totally unique, they've got four different custom programs to design the perfect hat for you and your business. If you're not using Cap America for all of your headwear needs, you should be. They are your go-to headwear solution. Thanks again. Enjoy the show. We're back, baby. Check it out. We are in the club powered by Club Colors. We've gone clubbing and we're clubbing today with James Say What Sales Buckley. If you're a salesperson, the he's salesperson. the same person, baby. Yes. Hey, check it out. Club Colors is a full-service brand management firm. If you're not aware, anything you could possibly think of that you want to put a logo on, we can source it, we can decorate it, we can kit it, we can ship it, we can get it from concept to doorstep, direct to home. you got to check out Club Colors. But it's not about us today. It's about James Buckley. By the way, let me just tell you how this happened, right? James was supposed to come on virtually back uh, up on the 24th of March. Turns out I see a post that he has, because he's obviously crazy active on LinkedIn, says he's heading to Chicago. I said, oh my gosh, you have to come in, James. You have to come in for the show. So he leaves his meeting to come tour Club Colors and check it out. And we are completely honored. Thank you so much for joining us today. Man,
1: it's a pleasure to be here. I just have to say, like, if you've never seen an operation running at its best potential, this group is a group to see that with. Oh, that's that's fantastic. The, The element of, like drive and support and happiness in this team is on a level I've never seen. So kudos to you guys for building such a great culture.
0: Cheers. We really appreciate that. Well, gosh, um, if you're not on LinkedIn, you're not on social media and seeing JB Sales, like, wake up. I'm not sure what's going on. And James is constantly posting helpful sales tips, ways to build pipeline, ways to drive the organization, little helpful, fun tips. Um, So clearly the culture that you have at JB Sales is fantastic as well. Yeah. So what's been the secret to success uh, over the last couple of years, especially as we went virtual?
1: Yeah, so first of all, I think that we we were very fortunate to have prepared to be to have a virtual offering early. We we went into the studio in Las Vegas with MainStage.pro and our friends at that company. David Pichette is the leader there. And I mean, when I say that we created... Actual courses in a real studio with like full production—it was that. And then fast forward three months, COVID hits the shores of the U.S. and things start shutting down left and right. Uh, and I remember us saying, "Well, we we weren't quite ready to release this, but it actually fits what's happening because it turned out not very many people ever had sold in a pandemic. Usually, when catastrophe strikes." We can see things like, well, last time we did this.
0: Something to revert back to, right? Yeah. A memory. point of reference.
1: Yeah. Any kind of like foundation that we might be able to like make a judgment on and make a change because we knew that from last time. But in the pandemic, it was brand new. We didn't have a last time to draw from. And it turned out nobody really knew how to sell in a pandemic or sell virtually at yeah. the time. Or at least very few people had been accustomed to this. It was just kind of in the ethos at yes. the time. So we sped up the post-production value that we could for what we had filmed, and we released. But we didn't release publicly. We released very privately. This is me reaching out to frontline sales reps and having fifteen and thirty-minute coaching calls about the shit that matters most to them. Yeah, and then saying to them, based on our conversation, I feel like this might be a great fit for you. At the time, uh, we were charging like four twenty, because John is a huge stoner, which is awesome. <laughs> which is awesome. Right, <laughs> but like 420, and we all kind of had a giggle. But what we—by the way, is- we're
0: at 420 East State Parkway, so maybe there's some some uh,
1: some serendipitous <laughs> some serendipitous stuff happening yeah. there. We, Molly Molly O'Sullivan, who's in the studio with me, shout out Molly, I love hey, you. Hey Molly, uh, she was the first one to say, "I'm pretty sure that this is uh, serendipitous." Nice, <laughs> so, great stuff. Uh, when when we released this, we found out very quickly that. It turned out, and this is something my CRO, Chris Merrill said that, and he, honestly, he said it in passing. And I don't think that he even realized that it hit me as hard as it did, but I wrote it down. He said, it turns out more people don't know us than do. And I think that's always going to be true. Man,
0: that is so important to embrace and take in, because I think that any organization has pride of brand, right? Yeah. And and we I think we jumped to the, the conclusion that the, praise that we get from the current client base that we have must just be radiating radiating throughout an audience and a community and a marketplace and everyone must know us and what we think about it. and then yeah. we go talk to clients we recognize their brand mission is not clear um there's several suites of services that they offer that folks are not aware of yeah so i'm glad that hit you so what was the steps you took to kind of So
1: it turned out out that if I filled my calendar with frontline coaching calls, and I never did anything but just talk to them about the things that they were struggling with, I had a 38% conversion rate Hmm. of people that quite literally, very passively, I put it in front of them after the call, and I would say, I think this might be for you. Consider it. And they would opt in. They would spend their own money. What that says is 38% of sellers out there, and I did this in mass for like months I did this. What it says is that, 38% 38% of all sellers with a large enough data set, we're, we're making the conclusion, are willing to invest in their own success, and they're not relying on their company to foot the bill. Yeah. Because what they've realized is, it's nobody's job to make you a successful salesperson. That responsibility lies solely in your hands. Yes. And if you're not going to take the steps to become that successful professional that honestly, salespeople deserve to be, then... You deserve what you get. You get into sales, you get out of sales what you put into sales. And I think that's what people came to the realization for. Quite calmly, it wasn't something we went to market really loud with because we didn't feel like screaming from the top of the hills about how awesome we are yeah. and how prepared we were for COVID
0: <laughs> was the right move. Yeah, right? Might, people, might not be tactful at that point, right? Right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> people are dying, and it's like you know everyone's in on like fear lockdown is happening, masks, <laughs> and then you're going, "We're so successful." Like, we're fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> Sorry about your grandma. So
0: you're not yeah, good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: Like so bad. So so we went to market very quietly, and we realized very quickly that. The people that benefit the most from sales training and growth and development training and personal and professional growth guidance are the front lines. Leaders pay for it yeah. in most instances, but it's the front lines that get the real value. So we are 100% focused on the front lines with the JB Sales membership. Check it out at joinjbsales.com.
0: And I love that because in turn, you are actually positively impacting the overall brand. That's right. And you're impacting retention for an organization because if their salespeople are successful in achieving their life dreams and their financial goals and finding purpose in their role, then ultimately they're going to stay. They're going to stay in that role and they're going to help to build the brand. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is John Morris, your host. Let me tell you about our sponsor today, Cap America. Cap America has been providing quality headwear to the world since 1985. So they know a thing or two about caps. They offer a huge variety of styles and color options, including sustainable headwear and USA made knits. If you're wondering why you want to put your branding on a hat, let me tell you, it's a walking billboard at eye level. Plus everyone loves hats. If you want the most bang for your buck, branded headwear is the way to go and when you think branded headwear you better be thinking cap america they have an in-house team of graphic designers that can make your logo look good want a classic embroidered logo they've been doing that for over 35 years Want a super trendy patch? They've got options. And if you want something absolutely one-of-a-kind for your brand, then you have four different custom programs, the most popular of which being a 30-day program. It's quick, it's budget-friendly, and it's completely custom to you. I'm telling you, if Cap America isn't your go-to headwear supplier, you're missing out. Check them out at www dot capamerica dot com or on social at Cap America eighty five. Back to the show. Yeah that's so, right what is the biggest differentiator for for JB sales there's a ton of companies yeah. out there that do coaching that do uh, training that do sales enablement sure. that do all these different things sure. tell us what the differentiator is why are you guys taking it by storm right now
1: uh, so I think there's a few differentiators for us the first so first of all let me point out the fact that we look at no other opportunities that you could get sales training from. We do not view them as competitors. We view them as allies mm-hmm. that are helping us to elevate the sales profession. I always tell salespeople, the pragmatism is the religion of sales. What works is the right way. So be wary of anybody out there saying, well, my way is the right way mm-hmm. to do sales. The right way is the way that works for every individual prospect, because nobody buys from the same person the same way all Absolutely. the time. Everyone has an ideal buyer. Have you ever met somebody before where you're like, I really like that person, yeah. you don't know why, There's something about them. You've also met people before. You're like, if I ever see that fucking prick again, it's going to be entirely too soon. Yes. Right. Everybody has this experience and my instincts tell me that salespeople have to be able to identify which one is which because they can sell to the former better than they can sell to the latter. But there is usually a colleague that can sell to the latter and you need to know that that person is the ideal seller for this type of buyer. So what this means is our the way that we teach salespeople to be human beings is different because we give them access to us 24/7 through our Slack channel when they're a member. We also give them bi-weekly ask me anything sessions with our whole team. John, Morgan, Leslie, Shelly Gupta, Correa,
0: yep. Meg Hulson Everybody's leading success. from the front there. We are
1: all leading from the front and yeah. saying we are at your disposal because our job is to help you be the best seller that you can be and there's no magic fucking bullet for that. No, So we want to be where you are all the time. And then there's the tips, the courses, the certifications, the trainings, the techniques, the webinars, all the stuff that you get access to. It is a year of immersive sales learning if you are the type of seller to actually spend the time to do it.
0: You know, it was interesting is um, we we had a tour and you chatted with Chris Tossi and I think it was interesting. He he had mentioned, you know, selling is an art and you'd said, well, selling is a science and it's a combination of the two. And I love that because the, the reality uh, is that there's tactics and there's uh, behaviors and there's process to selling, but there's also that humanistic element. I, I would think about it like the analogy, you have groups of friends, mm. right? And there might be one group of friends that you would never introduce to another group of friends because you're the, you're the connector between the two, but yeah. those groups would not get along, right? And to your point, that's, that's the same thing when it comes to talking with salespeople. When you're talking to a group of salespeople, you can't expect that your message is going to resonate with every one of them the same exact way. you got to yeah. meet them at their level, right?
1: That's right. Well, So the thing that we've learned about is that you're never going to be able to be something that comes out and delivers a training and everyone in the room is like, oh, my God, this life changing shattering. Yeah. And that's because everybody's somewhere different in their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talk about this a lot because it's important for leaders to know that somebody that's been on your sales team for two years isn't going to be as into the learning as somebody that's been at your team for six months the person that's been at your team for six months has been drinking from a fire hose for six months. Mm -hmm. And they're like a sponge. They're like a young child. That's just help
0: me stop drinking from a fire hose.
1: Uh, Well, (laughs) or help me learn more so I can be successful because this is the greatest, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're usually real excited, but they're not the same seller as the seller. That's 42 and been in sales for a decade. And this is their second or third year at your company. So what we have to do is provide tactical evergreen, and yet always changing and shifting techniques and strategies, actionable shit that you can do. And the reason this is valuable and different is because it's complementary to almost every methodology that's out there, almost. There are only a handful of methodologies, your spins, your medic, your bands.
0: Meaning you could bolt it on, you right? You can
1: bolt the techniques and strategies onto any seller that you have, and I guarantee a different result. If they're spending the time and executing on the lessons and building the outbound engine that we provide a structure for, it is almost impossible for the result not to, not to change. And that's, because change brings progress. It could have been us, it could have been Keenan, it could have been Beck Holland, it could have been Richard Harris, it could have been Scott Lees. it could have been Amy Volus, it could have been Laurie Richardson, it could have been anybody that stepped in front of that team with value to add that could change behavior and that would change the result. We are not a silver bullet. Yeah. What we are is realistic in the expectation and the execution that has to happen in order to achieve goals.
0: And it's very similar to the journey that you're on in life right now, <laughs> That's right? right man. You are going, you're going through this physical training, this process to better yourself yeah. you've decided that you're going to take your life yeah. to another level and part of that
1: 55.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and part of that is getting your strength up and getting in shape right but you, you can't blame the gym if you don't go
1: like, you can't so blame the blamed, weight set right I, I never blamed anything but myself uh seven years ago when i started in SAS in 2015 i didn't even know what salesforce was and i was 80 pounds lighter it turns out you don't burn too many calories typing it's just not something that happens yeah So by sitting behind a desk for the last seven years, I just had a lot less physical activity. Plus, I've always eaten like trash. When you're a skinny little twig, you can do that, right? Because your metabolism just burns through it and you think, I'll never have to And
0: then you hit an age where it doesn't, it stops.
1: (laughs) Right around the 30 mark is when things start to slow down. And that's what happened to me. I went, I went back to college as a non-traditional student. I got a real degree, which I never had before. Congrats! Thank you very much. Uh, I didn't even know what to do with it. And yeah. then I suddenly started working in SaaS and technology and I started building a brand. And before I knew it, I was on this path. If you'd have told me 20 years ago where I, where I would be today, I would have told you you were full of shit. Right. But that's what sellers have to realize is that you're coming into one role, but you have to be working towards something that you desire. Yes. What, the things that you want because if you're not working towards that, you're standing still. And standing still is never an option for growth and development, personal or professional. Yes. And so we can't grow professionally until we are willing I heard you to say grow that. personally. And that that, that is, is 100% true. That is, such <laughs> the, that is such the
0: truth. I mean, the, 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 it's that holistic balance. I know everyone's talking about balance, but I think it's that holistic um, internal balance that's so important. Like yeah. if one part of you is out of function there's no way you could be 100% in the other parts, right? Mm. In order to get to that max potential, then you're going to max out your potential.
1: Well, what do we know about our max potential? What we know is that it's exhausting when we are at our max potential 24 hours a day. Yeah. So what I've learned is that it's great to be that gung-ho guy that has this wonderful energy that just resonates in a room and I take over that room and people feel it yeah. and it drives conversation and connection. It's amazing. And then
0: your tank's empty. It.
1: But by 7.30 at night, I'm asleep on the couch mm-hmm. next to my wife. Yep, And that is extremely frustrating for me because I want to be there and spend time with the family and the kids yeah. and, you know, watching movies and going for drives and doing the dinners. But man, being on all the time got really exhausting, really fast. So what did I learn how to do? It wasn't a balance. And John said this to me, John Barrows, probably one of the more insightful people who spend 10 minutes with the man. And I promise that you'll take something away that you're like, fuck, I never thought of <laughs> yeah, it that yeah. way. And one of the things he said to me was, when I think about balance, I think about Somebody walking a tightrope and they're back and forth. They're moving Mm -hmm. back and forth, trying not to fall fluid. And who wants to live a life where that is the constant state of tension? Yes. Instead, I would rather my life and my work be more like an API, an integration two things that work together with a harmony so that it's easy and the workflow is steady and I can count on it and it's dependable. And when he said that, I started to think about my balance a little bit different and I removed that stick and stepped off that tightrope, tightrope And I started to really appreciate the fact that I could step away from my computer, take a walk for 30 minutes and reset my brain yeah. or after my lunch, I could go and lay down for a minute, close my eyes, come back fresh for my next meeting at one. Like there was a lot of things I did after he said that, that started to change my productivity levels and the way that I was performing. And I started doing less better.
0: It's interesting because to that point, right, there's ebbs and flows in sales. Yeah. And those ebbs and flows are why people burn out. Mm. I think the way that you minimize the ebbs and flows is through activity and engagement. and, And as we talked about being very human. Right? So it's not about process as much. It's about more about interaction, building yeah. a community, engaging. But there's ebbs and flows in sales that cause people to burn out. To that point, that's that balance. People are going like this. So how do folks establish a more smooth trajectory mm. of uh, how do they level out the ebbs and flows in their process so that they don't feel that?
1: Um, so we have two processes that we work. We have a current process that gets us to the goal of the role we currently have but there's another process running in the background. And that's the long game process. Mm-hmm. How am I getting to where I want to be? So this is the way I describe this. In my life, I ride this fence. And on one side of my fence, there are all these people that want to be where I am. So I'm always reaching down to help them get on my fence. It's nice up here. Yeah. And then on the other side of my fence, there's all these people that, want, that I want to be where they are. Yeah. So I'm always reaching up so they can help me up on that fence. And as long as I keep reaching down and up my entire life, dude, my growth never stops. Mm-hmm. It's nice on the fence. Join me.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's the key. Like, you can't be truly successful unless you bring people with,
1: um, right? And I think you've got to manage up, right? Uh, well, I think people are a key to success. Managing up is a dangerous term. I think we throw it around too casually. Yeah. I'll give you a good story. This is a real story. This is true. You can't make this shut up. <laughs> uh, when I was in SDR, I was slotted to take over that team because I was the top performer. I don't think that was a great decision because it turns out top performers often don't make great yeah. leaders uh, yeah. just because they're a top performer. Doesn't mean they're going to be a great leader that takes practice and time later. I became a good leader, mm-hmm. but at the time it was my first real SaaS leadership role. I had managed people before, but in a kitchen, not in a sales team. Yeah. Right. So a little bit of a different, different game there. And when I took over the team, there was a guy there that used to sell mattresses, and he was at the company for like a year. I was there four years. And when he was at the company for a year, I guess he thought that he was a better choice for the leadership role, despite the performance that he had. And instead of being like, congratulations, and let me know how I can support you, we had our first one-on-one, and he handed me a book, and the title was Management for Beginners. Hmm. And I handed it back to him and said, do you realize how insulting this is yeah right we have a choice in life whether or not we want to acknowledge the fact that there's always going to be people that are not for us and take that as an opportunity to say how do i change their perception of me? yeah and i i chose wrong and i pushed back on him and what i should have said was thank you. I appreciate the support and I'll take a look at this yeah. and then moved on with my fucking life. Yeah, exactly. He ended up, he ended up being moved to support for productivity reasons. And over there, you can't really slack off much.
0: So you he, let somebody affect you.
1: He ended, I did. And I should not have, that yeah. was a very powerful lesson on my part about this, like change in behavior and how people can change the trajectory of their career with simple acknowledgement of the fact that their behavior impacts everything about what happens in the future.
0: Ah, yes. This is John Morris, host of In The Club, powered by Club Colors. I am so excited today to talk to you about our sponsor for this episode, SalesCast. SalesCast is the operating system for the B2B podcasting community of sales, marketing, and revenue professionals. They have an inclusive online community, courses, tutorials, events, guest matching, and even world-class managed production services. Their mission is to connect 100 million sellers to the power of story. Thanks again, SalesCast. Enjoy the show. So, Chief Evangelist. I'm so curious. Yes. I love this title, um, and, and I, I think I have an idea of the role. But just for our listeners, define what the heck is the role. Like, what's the job description? I love it. It's this cool, man. Question.
1: So, first of all, I want to shout out Scott Lees because he's a friend of mine and because he said on one of our shows that we did together – You know, people can have this role now of being the face, the voice of an organization. Yeah. Right? I share this title with so many people that we work with. It's not just me. That's the evangelist. It's Shelly and it's Leslie and it's John himself. It's Morgan J. Ingram. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like when you think about it.
0: It's a shame nobody follows him on LinkedIn. (laughs) I really feel like people should pay attention to Morgan. I don't know. I've, yeah. He's a little secret
1: <laughs> that nobody knows about. Yeah. yeah. No, I, you know, the thing about it is that I'm, I'm happy to wear the flag of chief evangelist yeah. and be labeled and dubbed the voice, but I am not alone in that. And that's, I think what makes the role very comforting for me is that in some roles like SDR and AE full cycle sales rep, customer success, you feel alone in the journey, but in this role, which is a relatively new role. I don't think that this role has been available for a long time. um, You're never alone because there's a team of people that are feeding you ideas and talking about collaboration and tagging you so that your stuff goes further. And that part of it is the part of it that I think strikes people as surprising for pipeline. And the reason it does is because when we, if you Google everybody that's listening to this right now, open a tab and Google, sales funnel and look at how complicated the images oh are my that my see. And the reason it's exhausting. for exhausting, it is exhausting. And the reason is because these are designed by marketers who don't do sales. Yes. And when you look at a standard sales funnel, there's really only a few steps and this is what I break it down to. And this is all in my personal branding course, which is totally free. Reach out to me, build your brand, invest in your fucking self, man. Like for gosh sakes, do yourself a favor. Anyway, content is the road to connection. Connection leads to conversation. Mm-hmm. Conversation should lead to relationships. Yes. Some people will label this as trust. It's the one and the same. Mm-hmm. Once I've established that, I should have no problem either uncovering or straight out asking for an opportunity. And the law of averages says the more opportunities I have, the more... sales Sales you make. make. That's right. Yes. Because that's true. We can take all those. If this, then that, if it's here, it goes there and we can remove it and we can focus just on media and content Yes. and what that can do for our pipeline. And we know John Barrows in my brain, like yelling and screaming, (laughs) everybody's chasing deals. Stop chasing deals and start building pipeline because a big fat pipeline solves most of our problems.
0: It really does. And by the way, you have a stronger likelihood of uh, influencing folks to buy instead of having to convince people,
1: Mm. right? All right, so again, John, all day, uh, I think three years ago he said this to me, and I think these fucking guys that I work with, they say things, even the girls, like the ladies that I work with, they say things and they change everything about what I do moving forward. So John said this, he said, it's not our job to convince or persuade people that they need what we have. It's our job to sell what we have to the people that need it. Again, said this in passing, but I immediately jotted this down, mm-hmm. and it changed everything about my routines on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Leslie has this.
0: So you focus on all that front-end part, yeah, right, of getting the message out, being a brand ambassador, creating attention, creating brand awareness, uh, giving the giving the keys, uh, giving the answers to the test, right, giving giving that feedback, and then what ends up happening is it draws, it reverses the communication. Because now people start to come to you and go, well, can you help me with this? Right. And and can you, can you, can you add to this? Can you plug in here? And then all of a sudden you're talking about challenges that you can solve. The biggest,
1: the biggest, yes, yes. The biggest question in sales is how do I get this person to want to talk to me? That's the biggest question. That's amazing to me. Yeah. Well, so Orkin pest control was my eye opener. So I was door to door residential. I'm a large mammal. If you can't see me, uh, I, yeah, there's
0: three cameras in here. We can see you.
1: I'm a, I'm a big fella, and uh, <laughs> you know when you're knocking on somebody's door and they are home alone,
0: could be a bit intimidating. It's yeah. a
1: little bit like ah, I might not open the door for yeah. that guy, right? So I'm an orchid pest control rep going door to door residential. Great job! I really learned a lot about building relationships at the door, and I I was striking out like all the time. And I was every day at noon, I would take my lunch and I would drive over to gas stations and grocery stores and I would just park. And I couldn't make it through a lunch break hour without 25 people stopping me and saying, can I ask you a question about ants? Can I ask you a question about roaches? Hey, when I come into my bathroom at night and I turn the light on, there's all these little bugs that scurry away. You said
0: it'd be in the right spot with the logo.
1: So it hit me like a ton of bricks about six times in where I was like, Fuck, I cannot get through my lunch with these people bothering yeah. me. And then I was like, I'm looking at this so wrong. James, they're trying to buy from you, baby. Stop knocking on <laughs> doors and just move the truck <laughs> and keep eating sandwiches, which later turned well, out Well, that be a is bad why
0: thing. now we're on the workout plan. <laughs> he made a lot of sales.
1: But it was a lot of sandwiches yeah, yeah. with a lot of leads and a lot of drinks. And people would just hand you their address like it was nothing and be like, I'm home on Saturday or I'm home on Wednesday. Crazy? And you would jump in the truck and you'd go and they'd be like, hey, great to see you again. And this was night and day from I'm not opening the door. Have a good day. Yeah. Goodbye. Right. <laughs> like, Scary yeah, mammal. Enough, you big, giant monster. You.
0: So I look at chief evangelist kind of like um, ties together. Yeah. All the
1: tip of spear. Uh so I wrote a book, Tip of the Spear. Feel free to check it oh, out. Oh, did
0: you see how I did that?
1: Yeah. it so was
0: a little thing right yeah, there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> tip of the tip of the spear uh basically breaks down what my first two years were like as an SDR in the SaaS and tech industry. Okay. Uh and I learned a lot about a couple things. One, events, in-person events specifically, because I did 87 of them in my th- three years as an SDR traveling around the world doing these events at the Salesforce world tours and all Mm -hmm. these other different places like dude all over the globe. Right. Uh, So I learned a lot about people and what they deal with Uh, in the book. For example, there are 13 dominant personalities that you see at events. So really I'll give you a couple that. I think are fun. Uh, The 10 footer. These are folks that stand 10 feet away from your booth because they don't really <laughs> yeah, want yeah, you to like, approach
0: them. Like, they can't tell that you could see them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like... If By I the way, zoomed. leave the booth and go get in their personal space. How about that?
1: Dude, so... <laughs> totally. But... But... Okay, so here's another one. The swag grabber. These guys oh, come up. Oh, gosh. They're like, yo, what up? Wait and a minute. We can Wait a minute. In their bag?
0: We're in swag. We kind of like the swag grabbers because people got to restore then, right? That helps it's our good. sales.
1: It's good. I'm for it. But swag grabbers often are not Those buyers. are interesting. No. The false... DMs that come up and spend 20 minutes with you. And by the time they're done, they're like ready to cut you a check. And then they
0: ghost you. Yeah, they ghost you. (laughs) And it turns out they're the assistant to the assistant to the assistant. The the decision makers are at the, uh, at the brunch or at the cocktail hour or yep. whatever, sending yep. them out to go grab swag and figure out who to talk to and not to talk to, right? The
1: chatty Kathy, the people that you want to be done with the conversation, but you can't walk away because yeah. they just keep going. Yes. And, and you're like, yo, can I talk to anyone else? And there's six
0: <laughs> people standing behind them that are potential. You could see their name tag, and it's uh, like, their like, name tag pretty much says, I'll buy from you. Yeah, is that
1: <laughs> Verizon behind you? Can you get the fuck out of the way? Like- <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Yes, I understand that. By the way, swag grabbers, keep doing it. You're keeping us going here. We really liked you. This fucking guy. I die. might hire a couple <laughs> swag grabbers just to send out to trade shows and then... Be like, That's which booth no, did you no, hit? No. Okay, cool. I'm calling them tomorrow. You guys need more stuff? What's Here's going on? Here's a list
1: of our customers. 24-hour rush. Event. Make sure you go grab as much as you can. Yeah, no problem.
0: No problem. <laughs> man, I'm all out of my swag. What's going on? I'm out there with a, in a with a uh, trunk popped open <laughs> with all their stuff <laughs> logoed already. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Thanks for helping me work through that plan.
1: That's a great plan of action. You should just <laughs> go ahead and hire two beings to go booth to booth at every event and go go ham on
0: it, man. So you guys have like your process down. You're helping. It sounds like you're helping not only companies right but you're also helping individuals within within the field
1: ah so i'll say it to you out loud if you help the individuals you help the company there you go right (laughs) isn't that shocking you have to help the individuals if you want the companies to win
0: so let's talk about the jb sales brand okay okay um brand tagline
1: well my my tagline is if you're a salesperson we're the same person
0: love that what about the company tagline
1: I think that if we had a tag- tagline, it would be raise the sales profession to the level that it deserves to be at. Okay.
0: That's good. Yeah.
1: So if you guys, um, you know, are kind of
0: coming together as an organization, you're talking about what the mission is for the brand. What are you going to get across? What are some of the core values and oh. some of the key principles that you guys really collectively unify yeah. Yeah. and stand behind that is the brand message?
1: Absolutely. Uh, so I will say that John has a list of his core values that are out there and you should check them out. As a company though, I think that our core values stem from true aid being given to salespeople that want to better their results and become what they deserve to be the best versions of their professional selves. But I'll also say that, we are not afraid to say that someone is not a good fit for us. We're not afraid to walk away from a deal from somebody that's difficult to work with. We're not afraid to turn down major logos just because it doesn't work, right? What you're asking for is not what we do. And I think too many times we see salespeople try to bend the truth and sell the promises and sell something that they don't even provide right. simply because they want that logo or because they want that closed opportunity. It'll get them over the line. We are not that team. And they put we a are.
0: lot of other people at risk by doing
1: so. They sure do. And, 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 and I'll, say, I'll go even a step further. And Meg Holsinger will agree with me as our customer success director, who, by the way, is one of the most interesting and entertaining people to be on a call with. Hi, Meg. She is so good at making people feel uncomfortable in a good way. Really? Yeah, man. It's really what a great talent. Remarkable the way she does it. And I will tell you that if you're closing a deal that, you know, you shouldn't be closing. That's not a deal.
0: No, what you're closing on. Somebody's losing
1: is a problem for your customer success mm-hmm. team. Yes. And that's not a good close. And I'll be even more transparent. You shouldn't be paid on it mm-hmm. because when you close on a bad deal, not only have you wasted the resources of the company to onboard train and bring this person on as a client, but in the end they don't renew. And they're, you've
0: heard that now you've heard the brand
1: there. You've heard the credibility of the brand. So this is the JB foundation that I think is so important for everyone to grab onto John. Again, John's core values are out there and you can Google them, check them out, look for him. You know what? If you reach out to him at John M Barrows on Instagram, he does consulting. Like in DMs on Instagram, and oh, nice! Check that shit out. It's pretty dope. And he'll send you a screenshot of our core values, his core values, and nobody can be a JB sales team member if those core values don't align. And that's part of what we do. That's the key. That's why they're
0: core values, right? And it can't be something that you aspire to do. Yeah, it's got to be something that you are living, that that is being done. Right? Core values are not a goal.
1: Well, core (laughs) core values impact the goal. Yeah. And that part of it is a part of it that I think will always be true. So when you look at your core values and you look at your team, you want to ask questions to your team as you're bringing them on that their answer will indicate that their core values line up with yours. And if they do, you're always going to be in the right hiring people that are a part of your ethos, that understand your mission the thing that you really care about, that's the move for almost every employer, especially in 2022.
0: In The Club is powered by Club Colors. Club Colors is the premium marketing solution for all branded apparel and promotional products utilized to drive your brand awareness and brand success. From concept to doorstep, Club Colors can source over 9 million different product solutions, decorate your logo, create custom kitting solutions, manage all logistics, and build, manage, and curate your company online store. The full, comprehensive, all-in-one solution for your brand. Our brand promise is right solution, right place, right time. Allow Club Colors to create an inspiring brand experience for you and your team. Check us out at www.clubcolors.com. So you spent a week last week, yes, down in Atlanta... Oh, the content house. In a house, the content house. This oh. is like one of the TikTok houses, but for business people, Yo. right? This is the business, the content house. So, Who first- was there? What did you learn? Tell me. T- I mean, I, I-, I-, I talked to several people. I'm starting to kind of find my way into this influencer kind of group on 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 LinkedIn and uh that took a lot of time to support other people and now I'm starting to get a little bit of it back but I was watching that man I was envious I'm like I feel like I should be there I should have been there I want to go
1: should have came it was dope uh so all right Morgan J Ingram has been rolling this idea around in his head for 6 years for those of you that aren't aware John Morgan and myself have known each other for a long time. Chris Merrill, our CRO has known John since they were five. Like we are a tight knit group and on purpose we're designed that way because it's very important that we all feel the same vibe, ride the same wave. Morgan's had this idea in his brain for six years and it finally came to fruition and we had the opportunity to do it. And the whole idea is let's put content together with talent in person and Put it in a setting that's unique and different where the production value is, you know, a le- a medium to light lift and we're impacting a massive amount of people with the content we're creating. And we have outside sources that are coming in and adding value to the conversations that we're having. And yeah. let's record it all. Yeah. Right again, it's that flow of like. Content. It's like the real world,
0: real world for business knowledge, man. It was so
1: I remember the real world, yeah, had, man. It was the dopest thing. Yeah, the it was world. cool. Man. Yeah, you know, throw that. a
0: bunch of strangers in a house to just kind of see what you could film. It
1: was something you couldn't avoid. It was everywhere. Yeah. and why wouldn't you want that to be something that people attach to your brand because it gives you the credibility that you want for people to come find you and. I'll point to the old stat, which I don't think is true in every setting, but they say that people are 60, 70% of the way through the sales cycle before they talk to a salesperson. If that's true, how did they get there? Yeah. How did they start the journey to the 60 or 70%? I fucking guarantee you it's through the content. Yes. So you want to have this repository and this machine of content. And I'll tell you, we are all everyone on the sales team at JB Sales that is a quota carrying person and or a talent person whether you're on the professional services side the membership side the marketing side every single one of us we are like content machines
0: yes I've, yeah. it's, it's it's totally apparent i mean you the four people you just named combined you're talking of like 400,000 Followers on LinkedIn.
1: It, it's bananas. It's bananas. The amount of content that we've put out over the better part of the last two years, let alone the 20 years that John's been a known entity in yeah. the sales space. Like when you factor it all in, and I'll be upfront, right? Like anybody that wants to spend an eon doing this, you don't need to pay for our training. Go ahead and go through all our content over the last two decades. It's pretty much in there. And you're probably going to be able to get the training. Yeah. But, wouldn't you rather it come from us? Wouldn't yeah. you rather well, it's have personalized and there's the energy lessons? to it? Wouldn't you rather yeah. it be up to date with all the things that mm-hmm. we know to be true? The examples that we give that happened two days ago, like number, number one thing that people complain about with trainers, front lines, especially people get trainers will get up there and they will be, you know, super egotistical, whatever. And they'll say things that they did. And then, if you want to, you can be that brave soul that's like, hey, can you show me an example of the last time you did that? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I guarantee you the example. Well, I didn't post about you, that. The example <laughs> they show you is going to be five, 10 years old. Yeah. And anybody that was a that, sales trainer before one. the pandemic has a really hard time training right now.
0: It's a different animal.
1: Right? Because it's a different animal right now. And all those examples that they used to give are probably relatively irrelevant, right? So what's different about us is that our training and our tips and our techniques and our tactics and takeaways and templates, they all train and change based on what we know to be working. Because we are all, every single person at JB Sales, no matter what their title is, we are all frontline sales reps before we are anything else.
0: Yeah, you know, and that's what I'm trying to get across, I think, not only internally but externally to the clients, partners that we have, is be a brand champion, right? And so no matter what the role is, right, they talk about you don't have to have a title to be a leader, I don't think you have to have a frontline title to be a brand champion. The thing that you do in the organization plays an integral part in the success of that organization, of that brand. You can take that and go like a screen printer in our building could could record them screen printing and create unbelievable content and value for the organization because they're the one who's actually doing it. They're the one who's actually playing a part in that. Just as much as a CEO could get on a podcast like this and interact with high-level executives or personalities or influencers and show their thought leadership. It all collectively comes together to create one big brand awareness, brand attention. And the the idea, which I think you guys have done a phenomenal job at, is to be known before you're known. And that's why you were saying, like people, 68% of the sale is already done before it gets to a salesperson. Why? because you're known before you're known. There's there's the trust already. You don't have to break ice.
1: So the question here becomes, how does a sales rep go from being unknown to being known? And please this,
0: answer that. Let's this go. Is,
1: this is where the personal brand becomes so valuable. Yes. And here's what's changed. But look, let's be honest. Salespeople have always built a good personal brand. Every salesperson that I have love and respect for out there has a strong digital presence. That's a digital representation of their professional self. Mm-hmm. The problem is that most of the time in the past, Companies did not support those personal brands. Yes. We are seeing the awakening right now. Thank you. Marketing is finally waking up to the fact that if they support these personal brands that sales reps are creating for themselves and they show them the road to success building it and they help them along the way, how about that? It helps them build pipeline. Who the fuck knew?
0: Sales has always had boots on the ground, Mm. right? Now marketing is starting to realize that they can have boots on the ground as well.
1: Well, I think what's happening is we're starting to see sales sales reps respect marketing a little more Mm -hmm. because the marketing teams are starting to spend time with the sales reps now. And then I also think that marketing is starting to see that the sales reps are their instruments. They're doing the things that the marketers don't want to do, which is talk to customers. Negotiate. Find people that might buy the product. Show the demo. Yep. Answer the technical questions. Sometimes yeah, follow up. Follow up and you know, chase those. Put deals a proposal if they have together. To, right. There's so many things that marketers don't want to do because they're busy doing other things that drive pipeline and create collateral, marketing collateral that gets traction and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. The problem comes when leadership at companies start pitting marketing and sales against each other by saying things like. They got you great leads. Why don't you close them, right? You're, you're going to be compensated for scheduling demos for the AEs. And then they go to the SDR team and they go, hey, guys, uh, you guys are responsible for scheduling demos f- with the AEs. You can't task two departments with doing the same
0: you're pitting against each other.
1: job and then expect them to compete against each other and yet collaborate. Mm-hmm. That is an unfair mentality that you've created between these two teams. And leaders do this all the time. So marketing has to be the individual department that creates collateral that's contextually relevant to the ICP and personas that the salespeople sell to, and then the salespeople have to know how to take that collateral and use it to their advantage in proper outreach sequences.
0: I love it. I mean, that, that's the key is there, there has to be um, that conveyor belt system, yeah? Right? I mean, that's what you're talking about. One hand
1: feeds another, and that goes from sales to customer success. And here's another problem that we have. I don't want to point fingers at the predictable revenue model because I think it's changing and shifting in the best of ways. I'm actually being I'm on one of their events, and I'm going to talk about it because it's important. But think about how exhausting our relationships are. Relationships are exhausting. We can all agree that they're taxing, they're emotional. Sometimes they're downright tense.
0: They don't go right all the time. They don't
1: go right all the time. Now, imagine that you expect your, and this is the norm, we expect our prospects to build several relationships with several people at our company yes. before they buy our product. So I'm an SDR. I'm three months in and I've been prospecting you twice a week for the last three months. And now you finally trust me enough. And you're going to hand me off to set up a demo. Yeah. So I say, great. Let me give you to this fucking stranger that you've never met. Don't worry. He's going to take great care of you or she, you know, and you don't know that person from Adam. They've not been reaching out to you for three months. Now, this person starts the demo, does the demo, and for three months, they have to earn the right to get the signature. You're six months into your deal right now, mm-hmm. right? Mid-market enterprise, probably, because of the timeline. So now, they decide, okay, these two individuals, they won me over, even though I never heard from that SDR again after they got yep. my meeting, yeah. but I'm going to sign anyway. Yeah. So they sign, and the moment they sign, the AE that they now trust turns around and gives them to a stranger and says... This is so and so, and they're going to onboard you, and they're going to train you, and you're going to. Then great you got to go to
0: operations. And Wait, for, yeah. it gets worse
1: <laughs> because you get onboarded and trained by the CS person, and one day you have a problem, and you go straight to that person, and what do they do? Oh, let me put a ticket in support. Somebody will reach out. This fucking stranger. So we expect our customers to build four long term relationships with our people at our departments and our companies just to get the client.
0: And what are you doing to that customer sublim- subliminally in their
1: You're exhausting them emotionally yeah. is what you're doing. You're taking, you're taking your relationships and you're expecting them to invest emotionally over and over and over again. And anybody that's been a presenter, anybody that's done an event, you know that it's exhausting because you're on, And then you're off and then you're on again and then you're off again. And then you're on again for a long period of time. And then you're off again. And then maybe at 11 o'clock when all the drinking is done, Mm -hmm. you get some sleep, right? And that's the way it is. You wake up the next day exhausted, but you have to do it again. The volume up, the volume down, the volume up, the volume down. That's how your prospects feel as they move through your sales. cycle. What a great analogy. That is those
0: of you that have gone through that process, whether you've gone to a trade show or you were actually doing presentations, know exactly what that is to be on to like to ramp it up so you could transfer energy yeah. and then tur- dial it down over and over <laughs> over and over and then and then have to be as crisp and as sharp in that it becomes a bit daunting so let's talk a little bit about what's driving your personal purpose what you, you'd mentioned wife you mentioned kids what's going on in life right now besides the amazing workout plan
1: um yeah so we recently had our basement flood it was groundwater uh (laughs) this
0: went a wrong direction
1: yeah it wasn't great um the good news though is that we caught it early in the morning because i woke up at five in the morning to go to the gym and when i came downstairs i caught it before it climbed up my drywall uh so it's probably gonna cost me a little less than what i thought it would but we're gonna have to have a sump pump installed oh no my whole office got flooded it was so bad uh, but anyway, it worked out really well because I cleaned it up real quick, had a bunch of my friends come over and help out and clean up, and then I immediately left for Atlanta to the content house. So my wife had to deal with it. Super <laughs> awesome. Um, and then I got home and I spent the weekend there, and then I flew out to Chicago, and that's why I'm here now. <laughs> so uh, that's what's going on on the negative side. On the positive side, we caught it before it made its way up the drywall, so we won't have to replace the drywall. And we, our daughter has been asking to move down into the basement. For a while, and we didn't we didn't let it happen just yet because we yeah. weren't sure if it was great. So her none of her stuff got damaged. So silver linings in all things. Um, from a what's happening in my personal life, I am adjusting to being uh, fitness minded and making better choices with my food. It turns out that I can eat anything I want. I just can't eat so fucking much of it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or fast. I lo- I've learned fast, oh, too. Eating fast, too, thing, eating yeah. fast oh, I too right? I inhale
1: it, man. It's, it's gone before it yeah. gets a chance. It's the table, and then, pot it's gone, like, so fast. What do
0: you learn from being a dad that you apply to your career?
1: Mm, patience. Always patience. Yeah. yeah be- being a dad, stepdad especially, man, the level of patience that you have to have Uh, when you have children is epic, but also subtle manipulation. We learn subtle manipulation as parents, even if we don't realize we're doing it. For example, when you shut the Wi-Fi off because it's time for dinner Mm -hmm. and they all come out. I don't know if that's so subtle, but it's
0: a good tactic. Well, I hope they don't listen to this. Now they know.
1: Oh, no, they all know. I (laughs) rub it in their face all the time. Yeah.
0: That's great. So um, what's next for... You're, tra- you're traveling right now. You're in Chicago. You're at this amazing show. Yeah. What's the next big thing going for for you? I'm and headed JB down to Sales? Tampa.
1: I'll be there on the 16th and 17th of next week, and I am speaking on a panel with Ronel Richards, my good friend.
0: Um, also, another yeah. guy. It's a shame nobody follows on LinkedIn. Like you, People <laughs> should really pay attention. <laughs> Ronel,
1: Ronel's cool. We've been friends a long time. I'm very. I have admired him for such a long time. His hustle and the way that. He, uh, his articulation, I think is very impressive, but at the same time, like the vibe he gives off matches my vibe, you know, we we are positive people regardless of what's happening. And, uh, I'll be there on the 16th and 17th on a panel with some great colleagues and coworkers and people that I've been in the space with for a while. Uh, just talking about success and what it means, and why people strive for it, and the things that they sometimes might miss and overlook. We have a lot of Q and A that happens at these. It's the Business and Bourbon Tour. And if you're, if you're not familiar with Business and Bourbon, they travel the Southeast and yeah. they do tastings. So, like, sponsored by like people like Woodford Reserve. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we we've had some Jefferson, and we we've had some really great drops together. Me and Ronnell. Uh We drink in Atlanta at the King and Duke when we hang out. So it's now
0: we tour. are Irish, right? So. Uh, we're a fan of the Irish whiskey, although, although, (laughs) yeah, so what's the Irish whiskey we drink?
1: I drink Yellow Spot. That's my go-to Irish whiskey. It's got a marzipan finish. It's a single copper pot still, the Irish traditional way, and it's got a really creamy finish, and when you finish it, it's got a candy that sticks on your lips like a candy cane would. No kidding. I, I believe that this is a whiskey that is not only underrated, but... Spot whiskeys, if you're out there, sponsor me. I fucking love you.
0: Yeah, like, sponsor I, us too. Now, come yeah. on, now, let's sponsor a you podcast. Doing, how dude? about you sponsor this episode? We'll I call you. I need
1: You in my life? Con- like. We'll call you.
0: I mean, you had you had me at whiskey, but then you had the cotton candy fitted. You're a connoisseur, the way you describe that.
1: Uh, so I took up uh, mo- I, I took up uh, Quarantinis is what I refer to it as. When we all went when we all went into it? It's actually an Instagram page, but I do follow it, and I, I learned how to make a lot of cocktails when we were all on lockdown. I was like, "What am I going to do? That's fun!" And I took up cocktails, uh, and it was a blast. Fast forward like a year and a half after I make all these great cocktails, and I learn like the art uh, of, of making these great drinks. Diabetes kicks in, and I'm like, "Well, oh no, I'm a whiskey man." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I can drink whiskey. <laughs> you and there you go. Sugar, you know? See,
0: whiskey is um, you know, whiskey is an Irish word.
1: Whiskey is an Irish, a Gaelic word that means water of life. That's 100 percent true. I love that you
0: are able to. Drop some Gaelic on us. Yeah, 100%. we've we've got a uh, a little flag for you that we've got a little Irish flag. You came in, you see that? It's it's I a cape slash it. flag from oh. one of our partners. So we'll hook you up with that. It's I love beautiful it. Beautiful thing. So I I really would love to know. Uh, I look at sales like as kind of like baking a cake, right? And you can't bake a cake and not have all the ingredients, right? It's not like making a steak. Making a steak, you could make it one way, I can make it one way, and the steak could turn out outstanding. But if it's gonna be grandma's chocolate cake, right, you gotta follow the the, the ingredients. Recipe. Baking gotta, is not the same. Yeah, 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 you gotta follow the recipe. So I look at sales kind of that way. But what would you say in the context of sales, like presentation? Uh, and uh, fact finding and conversations
1: and just, are better than presentations. What's the
0: most important ingredient?
1: Conversations are better than presentations. Nobody wants to come to your demo and you're like going through the motions. Uh, so one of the best things that we've told frontline sellers, every time they get on a call, if you have a thousand things that you could show somebody, don't you want to focus on the two or three that matter most to them? Stop starting off sharing your screen and running into your demos and going through the motions. Stop the conversation early and say, I have about 70 things that I could show you, but I really want you to tell me what you want to see, and we can start there. Uh, This technique is very impactful because we've all been on demos where we know that person is not (laughs) paying attention.
0: This one comes in white. Also, it's in blue. I have eyes. I can see that. Yeah. You know, do you want to know what my challenges are? Like, (laughs) are we going to have that type of conversation? So talk to sales managers and directors of sales and sales enablement people right now that are managing a team of people. All right. Right. And maybe that's a challenge. How, what should they be doing? What could they do tactically Do throughout the day Mo- to moti- kind of draw that out or fix that?
1: Yeah, my best advice to leaders out there right now is in your one-on-ones, you should be learning what motivates your people at an individual level. And the reason is not what you think. It's not because you're becoming their friend. It's not because you want them to trust you more. And it's not because you want to show them you're invested in them. No, it's because... Not everybody's motivated the same way and we have to coach to the person because it's no longer effective to coach to the numbers. Yeah. The numbers matter and we can hold them accountable for numbers, but we have to coach to the people. So your 25-year-old recent college grad that drives his dad's car to the office every day and lives at home with mom That person is not motivated in the same way that your 42-year-old father of three is. So you need to have these conversations with your people about what matters to them so that you can coach to that. Because if you're not working people to the point where their goals are being met, short term and long term, they're not going to stick around very long. And retention is everything right now for leaders. Churn happens so fast right now. And it's a candidate's market. If you're a hiring manager out there, you are not interviewing people. They're interviewing you. Please understand that. So how do companies
0: correct that? You had mentioned it upstairs, and I want folks to hear this. How do companies correct that?
1: Yeah, they they have to adjust the way that they're interviewing and the way that they're choosing candidates to come in. These people are not earning a role with you. They're deciding whether or not you're good enough to be a long-term home for them. Mm -hmm. That's the difference right now. So we have to sit across from these people at a table, and we have to put them on our Zoom calls, and we have to do things like look at their nonverbal cues. We have to do things like check out their body language and we have to understand that they may take this call, have a great interview and something we did might make it so that they decide this isn't a culture for me. So it's real important that you realize that you're not in the driver's seat anymore. Employers hear me. You are not in control of the outcome they are.
0: Well, to that point, you mentioned the word culture. And I think if I could give any advice to folks out there that has been effective for us, Is you got to amplify the culture and you got to put it out in content. Yeah, you know, uh, like that that commodity content, right? Where it's like, hey, we do this. That's not going to impact people. They want to see the recognition. They want to see the rewards. They want to see the enthusiasm. They want to see the energy in the building. They want to see people being successful. They also want to hear authentic stories of failure that maybe sometimes wasn't overcome, but you're striving for it, right? They want to hear that stuff. So, what do what do you think that organizations are missing and doing that. Why aren't they doing that enough? Why are, why oh. are folks doing it so well and companies are not yeah. seeing that and saying, I should do that as well.
1: Um, you know, fear of judgment is such a huge thing in our space. You know, whether you're worried that some competitor is going to see it and shit all over it, Mm -hmm. or you're worried that some connection of yours from high school is going to be like, that's silly. What are you doing? There's always some like fear that we're going to cool thing is nobody
0: liked me in high school. So I'm fine there. Oh, I
1: was a jerk. Oh man, I was the worst person in the world in high school. I feel so bad for so many people. I owe you all apologies. <laughs> There's Such somebody right
0: now with a shotgun putting oh, lipstick, dude. a bead of lipstick on, yeah. like writing your name down. Crossing it out.
1: With, <laughs> yeah, totally, man. Uh, so, yeah, I was, like I said, I was politely asked to leave a couple of schools yeah. growing up. Uh, when, when you think about the changes that have to get made in your organization, the question you should all be asking yourself is, how do I get this person to want to work for me, mm-hmm. with me? That's the question for me, with me, whichever, near me, around yeah, me, near me, around by me. me, like by me. Yeah. Like wh- if we are asking ourselves that question, then we will be taking steps to create culture that is attractive to new hires. And that when they see it, they feel like they want to be a part of it. That creates long-term sustained cultures at organizations with people that get along, build relationships, work together, collaborate, grow, develop, take leadership roles and eventually build teams of their own. And if you're not working towards that for your people, you need to know what the fuck they're doing there mm-hmm. because it, you've got to be working towards whatever it is that they want to do. And some people quite literally just want to come in, do the job, and then go home. Fine, good. There's a place for those people. Other people don't. Know which one is which and coach to that.
0: So let's plug the show that you're at here. You're in town Yeah. with, with, uh, with Morgan. Yeah. I mean, Morgan, at- boo for not coming out. Sorry you had to work. Yeah. James is here hanging out, rocking the mic. <laughs> He's clubbing with us while you're working. Ha, ha, ha. But anyways, um, so what did you learn at the show? Give us, plug mm. a company, great a couple of great companies. I know you partnered yeah, that's right. with a company. Like, talk yeah. about so some gong, of So Gong is out folks. there
1: in force. They have these life-size Gong letters. has to
0: come hit our Gong.
1: Dude, amazing. Like so first of all, Devin Reed uh, is uh force to be reckoned with. You should definitely check out He's Devin. He's the chief marketing officer? Chief marketing officer, the content marketer. Uh, so his steady delivery is it's something to really be admired, cool. man. Uh, He's,
0: his copyright is off the hook.
1: Co- dude, his copy is sick. Uh, Jeff Marley also yeah. like super and young, and guy, he's a he's like twenty two. Like how are you 21. that talented that fast? Yeah, twenty one, talented as shit. He's
0: got to pace himself, uh, otherwise he's gonna uh, run the world, I, and then I he's gonna have all kinds of issues.
1: I I didn't tell him that. I told him to run as fast <laughs> as he can, man. Like yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna say that. I think he should run as fast as he can. Yeah. To, get there quick, right?
0: get retired fast and then go buy companies and then unretire and then retire again and do whatever you want to do. He's
1: going to be a force to be reckoned with in the next 20 years over the course of the next 10, I guarantee we'll see his rise to fame. Well, uh, when you're when you're talking about the people at the show, Vidyard is there for sure. Oh, our newest partner, Ambition, yes. is rocking. It talk out about there.
0: gamifying! Like the gamifying Dude. is huge. And and by the way, if you're one of our of Club Colors clients, we're going to get some information on this because we talk to our clients so much about not only having brand awareness, three dimensional, creating content, yeah. getting on a podcast with us, sponsoring, doing these things, but also like to create incentive within your organization, gamify. The, the role gamify your brand. Yeah. Tell us about. So
1: ambition does a great job putting leaderboards into these organizations so that people have a view of the results and the metrics that they need to be focused on throughout their day-to-day routines. But then also there's this element of like positive competition yeah. Right, and that man, that's a tough thing to dial in. So you can like
0: see it like happening, like Mario you Kart. It. You see it going.
1: One person will get too close to the leader, so the leader will step up their game, and then the next thing you know, that person takes that leadership, and that person comes to them. People on the bottom are coming to the people at the top, going, What are you doing? So there's a creates a momentum. There's a gamification, but there's also a glue there that pulls the company together so that they learn from one another and they change their behavior to match those that are top performers. So you're raising the game with a simple solution like ambition that simply shows them who's doing what and why. And that's where you know to go and say, Hey, show me what you're doing so I can replicate And It's
0: it's so great. Like, win-sharing is so important. Rewards recognition are outstanding. But yeah. minute-by-minute win-sharing creates a, a momentum. Right. And it also creates, I hate to say this, but a bit of jealousy. Mm. I know if a jealousy for me was a good thing yeah. uh, when I was in my sales career, right? It was a great thing to see somebody that I admire, respect, but also on a peer level absolutely wiping me out mm. is going to cause me to To want to ch- chase them now, provided they have humility and they are willing to share their information, which a good culture will allow. But that type of having those scoreboards up and being able to see people making their moves throughout the day creates an energy, creates a flow to the game, and it creates that competitive nature, which is ultimately what you want as an executive, right? You want well. People- there's
1: a there's a big factor of growth and development that people do as a group naturally, right? Uh, I think it's men in black where they're sitting on that bench and Tommy Lee Jones says, or what was his name? Kay. He says, he says a person is smart and intelligent, reasonable, logical, but people are scared, panicky animals. When you get them into a group, you see that in mass. Mm -hmm. So how do we change this panicky animal into a collaborative effort for everyone to grow and develop and you only do this through things like positive competition. Yes. You only do this through something that's gamifying it and having people feel like they're addicted to that name on a screen. Yeah. I have to be there, right? Because that's the goal. And,
0: and that take that might take their attention away from some of the tedious, daunting, oh. g- boring stuff that – it may turn them off. Now they're focused on the game, win the game, win the game
1: forces, the creativity, right? And that's the part of it that really helps reps stand out. The thing that they do that makes it theirs. It's, I think it forces reps to look at what they're doing. That's different, but also go to people that lead and say, what are you doing? And how do I make it my own? Mm If you're doing this, you're going to be on that leaderboard too one day. Yeah. Or you're that other rep that's like, oh, shit, I made it onto the bottom of the leaderboard again. Ah, fuck it. Next month's the next
0: one. You, <laughs> you might want to look for another career.
1: Well, you won't be there long. But life's a game.
0: Play it like one, right?
1: right? Play to win. Play to win.
0: I mean, that's what I'm saying. Life's a game. Play to win. Be competitive. Don't be a jerk, right? But, you know, um, and that's why, you know, I think it's so important. Win sharing shouldn't be spiking the ball. What it should be is a, um, a sharing of information of how you won. Yeah. So somebody can grab that information and then duplicate it. And then what happens is if they catch you, now you're motivated to want to get out of, in front of them again.
1: I, I think once you see something work, it becomes natural for us to say, can I make it work again? Yeah. And that's what all sales reps should be looking for in their day-to-day routines. What works, that's how Say What Sales started. I started putting one-minute videos out there about shit that I was doing that worked. And shit that I was doing that wasn't yeah, leading to Yeah, showing in your basement by your pool table, man, all right, creating man. content. Like, yo, I tried this opener today, and I scheduled six meetings. Try it. And then I'd be like, yo, I tried this opening today, and fuck that it opening. Did it did not work. work at all. <laughs> yeah. so I got doors slammed in my face yeah. all day. Yeah, people were yeah. hanging up on me, right? Don't use that opening. People really liked it, and then it became what it did. But, man, we have to find a way to create environments for our people where they're comfortable learning from each other and where they're going to the top performers and saying, what are you doing and how can I make it mine? How can I change it just a little bit so that I feel like it's my authentic self? And here's a tip for all the frontliners out there. If you feel like the shit that you're saying isn't the way you talk, don't say it like that. Stand up in the mirror and deliver it and look at your eyeballs and the way that you're looking, look at your body language, your inflections, listen to your tones. Yep. Is that how you talk? Great, keep going. What a but
0: great it, practice for your 2-minute drill for presentations. See how you look.
1: So amazing because your body language is so much more in your communication stack as a species, a human being. Right. We use a hundred percent of our communication when we use video to sell. That's why it's so effective. Yeah. The words we choose are yeah, I only can eight I can lean in. I can lean in. you could
0: see my body language. I could do one eye like this. I could squint. Yeah. I could do right. I could giggle. I can laugh. You could feel all that. You can't feel that necessarily in copyright or an email. Yeah. Right. Eight much- percent
1: of our communication as a species is the words we choose to use. Thirty-two percent is our tone and inflection. The rest is nonverbal. Yeah. So when you say it in the mirror, are you like uncomfortable? <laughs> Don't talk
0: Well, about have that. you seen me? I'm very uncomfortable when I look Shoot. in the mirror. Yeah. It's
1: awful. Terrible stuff. It's a
0: horrible thing. <laughs> so you had a chance to go on a tour. I always like to get this feedback. What were your thoughts? You walked in. You So you pull in. You're like, I don't know who this bald, the wrong crazy door. man is that I'm going to talk to. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Then you walk in the building and boom, what? Yeah. What I came, so
1: first of all, I came in the back door, but Tracy...
0: Yeah, Tracy. Tra- Tracy was the director super, of operations. She was in
1: like a, she was in like story mode, and everybody yeah. was kind of like all eyes on her. And my friend Molly and I came in, and we were standing like right behind her. Yeah. And then suddenly, all of them stop and freeze, Dude. and they turn around and look at us. I was a very awkward moment, and I was like, uh. "We're the new people <laughs> looking, looking for John Morris," and they were like, "Oh, don't worry, he'll give you a tour. Let's go." Right, yeah. and they immediately like walk me through. But as we're walking, I'm like looking around, and I'm going. And the imagery here and like the branding and the colors and schemes. What an amazing experience. Then when you introduced me to the team and everybody was like upbeat, people standing while they work, like very productive. Everybody was super like welcoming. The gong thing was awesome.
0: We're going to show you that video. He smashed that thing, man. He had a good story too. It
1: was a good story. It's a true story. But when, when we, when we find cultures like this, and buildings that support cultures like this, it's a rare find. And it just big coup, like my hat tips to you, man, for like creating a vibe that I felt immediately when I walked in the door, both from a visual perspective and from like the people perspective because it was open arms the entire time.
0: Well, that's outstanding because the reality is we feel exactly the same way. I've got the whole company following you right now. I've got the whole company following JV Sales. I got the whole company following Morgan, although, like, he needs another follower, for yeah, God's sake. Yeah, follow Morgan. Good, yeah.
1: Nobody knows him.
0: Nobody <laughs> knows who Morgan is. Like, somebody, please help him. Are you going to be okay, Morgan? I'm sorry you have to listen to this, but it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Cannot thank you enough. Yeah. And I think the cool thing is when you have brands that have commonality like I think we do, I think the magic can happen oh, together we're gonna do and more I hope stuff. that we're able to collaborate. We're going to do more stuff,
1: on. I guarantee it. Cheers. Hey, real quick, I want to tell everybody out there, invest in yourself, check it out, become the member of JB Sales, get access to our Slack channel, talk to us real time. We want to help you be the salesperson you deserve to be at joinjbsales.com There's at so much more to come. At
0: joinjbsales.com That is where it's at and I can tell you right now, the transfer of energy, if you didn't feel something from listening to this today, then I'm not sure if you're awake. Somebody <laughs> needs to get a defibrillator out, defibrillator out, clear, wake them up because the transfer of energy from James and the whole organization in JB sales is absolutely fantastic. You can feel it through the camera. It's even better in person. I can't wait till we get it back in person on a regular basis. James, thank you so much. Hey, listen, you've been in the club. Thanks for coming clubbing with us. Club Colors powered by Club Colors. Excuse me, in the club, powered by Club Colors. Look, I'm frantic right now. I'm having a great time. In the club, powered by Club Colors. Check us out, www.clubcolors.com. Anything you can think of that you want to put a logo on, we can do it. Thank you, James. Have a great day. Cheers. Thanks, buddy. Ah, yes, this is John Morris. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host for In The Club, powered by Club Colors. Before we get started, I am so excited to introduce you to our sponsor for this episode today. When it comes to headwear, Cap America's got you covered. They've got trucker hats. They've got sustainable headwear. They've got high-end corporate styles. They've got it all. Plus, they have decoration options to make your logo look amazing. They're the best at embroidery, and they've got the coolest patches. If you want something totally unique, they've got four different custom programs to design the perfect hat for you and your business. If you're not using Cap America for all of your headwear needs, you should be. They are your go-to headwear solution.